Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to be speaking with you today. It is, what day is it? 11th of August, 2023. I'm Dr. Lee Warren here on the Dr. Lee Warren Podcast, and we're coming in almost to the middle of all in August. Listen, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we had almost 100 people sign up for becoming subscribers to my Substack newsletter, Self-Brain Surgery with Dr. Lee Warren. Welcome aboard. If this is your first time hearing the podcast, since my book came out three weeks ago, we've had several hundred, over 500 new subscribers, and lots of people are coming on board. So if you're new around here, I want to give you just a quick little introduction to the podcast, just in case this is the first time you've ever heard this. I am a brain surgeon. I also write books and podcasts and do all kinds of things like that. But I'm a surgeon, a neurosurgeon at my core. And the thing that you have to know about that is that as a neurosurgeon, I have the ability and the license, the legal right, to change your mind. If you have something going on with your head, if you've gotten a head injury or a brain tumor or something like that, I'm allowed to go in there. I'm allowed to go in there and change your mind. I can remove part of your brain. If it's injured, I can remove a blood clot or repair a skull fracture, do, do something to change the way your brain works. But here's the secret. Here's the thing that surgeons don't often talk about. I can't make new brain cells for you, okay? If you've blown up some of your brain, if you hit your head or had something happen to you or have an infection that removes or destroys tissue, I can't make new brain cells for you. Your creator can do that, but I can't do it. I can at best only try to improve the environment for the brain cells that are already there to work a little more efficiently. At best, I can remove pressure. I can take the situation and try to make it a little bit healthier, but I can't actually make your brain better. I can de-stress it. I can't make new brain cells for you. So here's the secret. You are already better than I am at your own brain surgery. That sounds funny to say, but it's true. We know from neuroscience, we know from the fact that you make new neurons every night. We know, according to Hebb's laws, that neurons that fire together, wire together. When you change the things that you think about, you change the experiences, the feelings, the thoughts, and the behaviors that you have, those four things together can create new synaptic pathways in your brain. And every day you have the ability, every second of your life, friend, you have the ability to change how your brain works and improve the way it has been and make things better. And here's the secret, and this is what All in August is all about, okay? The secret is that what got you here won't get you there. If you are looking for some change in your life, if you have gone through some massive thing, some trauma or tragedy or other big hard thing, and you're having a hard time finding your way back, or even if you haven't found that, had that massive thing happen to you yet, even if your life's been pretty okay, but you just feel stuck and you just can't quite get there to where you feel like God's calling you or where you feel like you're supposed to be. If you feel like you're supposed to be making progress and you just can't do it and you're stuck in the same habits or the same things, the same thought loops, the same issues, the same relationships, and you just can't break through, then I'm telling you, friend, the problem is that what got you here won't get you there. You can change your mind and that will help you change your life. And that is what we call self-brain surgery. So it sounds silly. It sounds like some motivational speaker thing, but it's not. 
On the other hand, as a scientist, I am also a man of faith, and I believe that you were created fearfully and wonderfully, and that this incredible design of your mind and brain and how they interface with one another is the communication center for how the Holy Spirit of the living God communicates with you. And if you're not a believer, that might sound crazy. But I would just say, hey, trust me for a second and say, this guy, this 54-year-old gray-headed, blonde-headed neurosurgeon, left-handed kid from Broken Bow, Oklahoma, who grew up to become a brain surgeon. Just give me the benefit of the doubt to tell you this. I'm not crazy, okay? I have seen and experienced things in medicine that can't be explained without divine intervention, and you probably have too. So don't write it off and say this is just motivational speaking or that it's just optimism or any of those things there are some things that you can learn if you can connect your neuroscience and your life and your thinking and your faith all together if you can smash them together as lisa's going to tell us in a minute then you can do something amazing because you've figured out that what got you here won't get you there and it's all in August, and we're going to try to get there this month because I'm always saying, look over my shoulder. My new book is called Hope is the First Dose. And one of the definitions of somebody I read, it said hope is the belief that you can get there from here. And I'm just telling you, friend, you've gotten to this place in your life, wherever it is, happy or sad, optimistic or pessimistic or faithless or faithful or hopeful or hopeless. You've gotten here by a series of thoughts feelings, experiences, circumstances, and interactions with other people. And those things, my friend, will not get you to the next place. There are some things that you have to change. There are some things that you've got to make decisions about. There are some internal structures that you've got to make changes to if you want to get there. So all in August is about what do we do that took us from where we've gotten to where we need to get to, and how do we make that happen. And today we're going to talk about, for just a minute, internal structure and how internal structures are the secret to what we're really able to do with our lives. It turns out that what your life is built on is where you can go from. I had an interview yesterday on Fox News that, that I'm going to tell you about in a minute, and it got me thinking this morning about some things I've recently read and some scripture that we need to talk about. And we're going to talk just for a minute about internal structure. And I just don't want you to give up on yourself yet. If you're frustrated with how it has been going, I want you to not give up on yourself. There's a song we're going to finish this episode with from a new band that Lisa found called The King Has Come. And the song is just called Yet. And it says... Don't give up on me yet. And I don't want you, friend, to give up on yourself. I want you to remember the secret to self-brain surgery is this. You can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. 
I'm a neurosurgeon and author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Thanks, Lisa. Listen, friend, I'm just going to spend a minute with you today. I've got something exciting to talk about, and it's been bouncing around in my head since I read this book called Mind Shift. Mind Shift. Can you see that in the camera? Mind Shift by Erwin Raphael McManus is coming out in October. He and I sat down day before yesterday and had a conversation. And by the way, we had an, an amazing book signing yesterday at the Gift Box at Great Plains Health in North Platte. Thanks to Heidi and all the team that put that together. And if you were one of the people that came out, I had so many people come and tell me stories about loved ones that are battling cancer or some bad diagnosis that they just got or some massive thing that they're going through. And just know that we're praying for you. And if you're one of the new people around here, one of the new subscribers, the most important resource I think that I can offer you, besides my new book, Hope is the First Dose, is their prayer wall, wlee1md.com slash prayer. we got this unbelievable community of people from all around the world who are sharing their concerns and praying for each other. And if you put a prayer request on there, you can do it anonymously or you can put your name or you can even just put it privately where only me and Lisa and Tata will see it. But, but if you put a prayer request out there, you're going to get an email every time somebody prays for you. So it's really encouraging. If you're feeling alone, you're feeling stuck, and you don't know if anybody cares, you put that prayer request out there, and I guarantee you there's going to be people from all over the world that will email you. One little housekeeping note, when you get the email that says someone prayed for you, you don't have to respond to that email. It's an automated system-generated email that when somebody says that they've prayed for your prayer request, you'll get an email. But the email replies come back to us, and so we get sometimes hundreds of them a day, people saying, thanks for praying, and that's amazing, but I can't respond to each of those. So you won't get a reply to your reply if you say, hey, thanks for praying for me, because it's a system-generated thing. So that's just a little bit of a housekeeping measure. I don't want you to be waiting for a response. We generally try to respond to every email that we get from people and every comment that you leave. It's getting a little bit harder as the volume of those has gotten higher, but I just want you to know like we do try to respond. If you write to me at Lee at DrLeeWarren.com and you got something on your mind, we try to write back to every one of those people that write in. We value that connection. This is a community. Okay, It's not me just sitting here podcasting to you and writing books to you behind some wall somewhere. We're connected to you and we care about you. And we try to respond to all those emails. But the system-generated replies to your prayers, I just, I just can't respond to all of those, okay? So just know that you're being prayed for and people love you. Okay, so thanks again to Heidi and the folks at the gift box. And we're praying for all of those folks that shared with us yesterday. And we're grateful that you came out. The other thing is, I had a conversation with Erwin McManus two days ago, and I'm going to release that in October, uh, closer to his book launch, because I want to support this new book, Mindshift, because it's so important. But in the conversation, we talked about something that he calls internal structure. He, he calls himself a mind architect. So he's, he's a writer of books and a pastor and a speaker and, and all of that, but he's, he's also what he calls a mind architect. And what he means by that is he helps people, he consults and coaches people around the world to, to change the internal structure of how they think. 
Okay, and that's an important concept, and I've been chewing on it. He tells a story in the first part of the book about a guy named Buster Douglas. Now, Buster Douglas, if you're a boxing fan, I'm, I've never been a real boxing fan, but when I was growing up, Mike Tyson was so famous because he just beat everybody. Like, nobody could stay in the ring with Tyson. Some of his fights were seconds long. He'd have a anticipated fight that was coming up for months, and he'd knock the guy out in 12 seconds, and it was over. And all the people that bought pay-per-view for hundreds of dollars would be mad because they had these big parties and everything, and the fight would be over in five seconds. And Tyson was just a monster in those days. Buster Douglas, who was a nobody that nobody had ever heard of, came along and fought Tyson and knocked him out. The Buster Douglas went from being unknown, basically, to knocking out the greatest fighter in the history of boxing at the time, and three heavyweight titles came his way. But here's what's interesting about the Buster Douglas story. The very first time that Buster Douglas defended his title, he fought a younger fighter named Evander Holyfield at the time, and Buster Douglas got knocked out. Because he didn't train. He was seen eating at McDonald's the day before the fight. And McManus tells the whole story in here. And I just want to make sure that I gave you the right info because I, yeah, it was Evander Holyfield. I was afraid for a second that I said the wrong fighter. But, yeah, so Evander Holyfield knocked him out. And, of course, Evander Holyfield ended up beating Tyson later, too, and went on to become a champion himself. But so Douglas was basically became famous, knocked out the champion, did this thing one time. He obviously trained and prepared to fight Tyson, but then he lost his very first title defense. And he went on to become obese, diabetic, nearly died from diabetic coma, weighed 400 pounds at one point in his life, and just disappeared, became irrelevant in the boxing world, and never did anything of great note again in his lifetime as a professional fighter, even though he had the greatest single accomplishment of anybody up to that point. So Irwin said a line that stuck with me. He was structured, Buster Douglas was structured for failure. He wasn't structured for success. And that got me thinking about a scripture from Matthew 7. Jesus told this story about building a house. Jesus said this, Matthew seven twenty four through 27. You remember the little kid's song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember that? If you went to Sunday school when you were a little kid like I did, you know that song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember? Jesus said it this way. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house. You can hear the song. And the house came tumbling down. The winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. That's what Jesus said. So think about Buster Douglas for a second, friend. As Erwin said, he was structured for failure. 
So you think about, we talk a lot about goals. We always talk about it at New Year's, New Year's resolutions and all that sort of thing. And we talk about goals and we have these New Year's plans for goals. But James Clear in his newsletter, he, he writes a three two one newsletter that comes out every Thursday. Of course, James Clear wrote that book, Atomic Habits. It's not a spiritual book, but it's a tremendous perpetual bestseller because it's about habits and systems and how do we put our lives together? How do we structure ourselves for success? And a line that Clear talked about that he sent in his newsletter. It's a great newsletter, by the way. Three, two, one, Thursday. Three ideas from him, two ideas from other writers, one question, and boom, that's it. Quick newsletter. I don't have the gift of writing like that. If you, if you read my stuff, you're going to get a thousand words. That's just how it is. It takes me a while to noodle out these ideas in my head. But James Clear comes in hot with these ideas every week, and one of them last week stuck with me. He said, goals will help you win once, but systems will help you win perpetually. Something like that, I'm paraphrasing. Goals will help you win once. Systems will help you win perpetually. And that's exactly the point about Douglas here. Buster Douglas had a goal of beating Mike Tyson, and he did it. He pulled it off. But what happened next is what really tells the story. Okay? What happened next was what really tells the story. What happened next was he failed. He didn't have a goal of becoming the greatest fighter that ever lived and staying there. He had a goal of knocking out Mike Tyson, and he did it. And then he went back to McDonald's. And he started eating, and he started stuffing his face and enjoying the fame and the money and not training and getting out of shape. And then his next fight, he got beat, and he disappeared. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, probably, some of us think, that if our circumstances were different, we would be different? Look in my eyes if you're watching the video. You think that if your circumstances were different, you would be different. If he only had more money, if he only got that promotion, if he only... Millions of people bought my book and I became a New York Times bestseller. If only that happened, then I would be happy. Then I would finally be where I thought I was going to be in my life. If only she said yes. If only he didn't cheat. If only the diagnosis hadn't been that. If I can only get that promotion. If, if and when I'm able to do this, then I'll be happy. When I'm able to do that, when she stops X, Y, and Z, when my husband starts acting better, when my husband finally gets off the couch and gets a job, then I'll be happy. Will you really? The question isn't about if and then. It's about your internal structure. Because as Buster Douglas teaches us, and as the man who built his house on the sand teaches us, if you are not structured internally for success, you won't survive. You won't be happier. You won't be better. You'll just have more money and more ability to make bad decisions. Okay? That's the sad truth, but it is true. I'm reading this book. I actually just finished reading a book by Bishop T.D. Jakes called Disruptive Thinking. This book's kind of messed my brain up. Now, it goes into some social stuff, and not everybody will agree with everything he says and all of that. But the premise of the book is that if you want to make real change, not just in your own life, but in society or in systems or in business or in your family or any of that, if you want to make real change, you've got to change the way you think which is lining up exactly with what I'm talking about with self-brain surgery, with what Erwin McManus is talking about with mind shift. And everybody's talking about cognitive neuroscience right now. But Jake's book really is about if you want to really change the world, you've got to be willing to disrupt systems that are in place. 
And he's right. But one thing he talks about is this idea of leaping over the fence. And he's got dogs like we do, and they have an electronic fence like we do. And one of his dogs is real passive, like Lewis, our dog. He's really sick, by the way. Pray for Lewis and Harvey if you're the kind of person that prays about pets. But Lewis and Harvey are sick. There's something going on with them. The vet can't figure it out. Anyway, one of their dogs will basically accept the limitation of the electronic fence and just have their world defined by the smaller yard that's available to them from the electronic fence. And one of their dogs wants to go outside the fence and has calculated that it's worth the pain of getting shocked to run through the fence. They figured out, like Harvey, our other dog, Harvey figured out a long time ago that if he really wants to go get that rabbit or chase that coyote, He'll run through that digital fence, and it'll shock him, and he'll wince and whelp, but he'll keep running because he knows that that system will stop shocking him after a few seconds, and he'll be free. And he's done it a million times. We'll look on the map, and he's broken through the digital fence. He's out in the hayfield or out in the river somewhere, and we got to go find him. T.D. Jakes was just talking about the difference in these two dogs, and one of them accepts the limitation of the fence. And one of them understands that it might hurt to go through the fence, but there's a world of freedom out there and other things that they can explore. And it's worth it to them to accept the pain of breaking through that fence. And I've seen the same behavior in Harvey and Lewis. It turns out... People will do the same thing. Some people are willing to jump the fence. But the problem is, what happens when you do jump the fence? What happens when you finally get to that place that you've always thought you were going to go to? You'll discover, yes, there are new opportunities out there. Yes, you might have more money, more fame, more experience, more titles, more degrees, more whatever. You might, ha- you might actually, quote unquote, make it in this new place. But guess what else you're going to find out there? New threats, new problems, new storms, new people sniping at you because they want your new position. Okay? If you find your way to this new place that you always thought was going to make you happy, that you always dreamt of, you're going to find that there's a whole new set of circumstances and challenges and issues and problems and all of that. But the one thing you also will find out is you're the same person you were before you jumped over that fence. And if you don't have internal structures that are designed for success, you're going to have a problem. If you didn't build your house on the rock, you're going to have a problem. Sometimes the fence comes to you, okay? Sometimes you you go through the massive thing. You get the phone call like we did almost 10 years ago, and you find out your son died, or you find out your spouse has become unfaithful, or you find out your business went bankrupt and the market went south and you're not going to be able to retire like you thought you were. You got a diagnosis and your your husband can't swallow or chew or can't move their arm anymore and you're going to have to take care of them instead of growing old with them. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I've got a friend who's going through that right now. What do you do then? If your house is built, friend, on the sand of another person being healthy or on the sand of you having to get a promotion to be happier, on the sand of your health holding up, on the sand of your finances holding up. If your house is built, if your internal structure is built on circumstances that can be challenged or changed when the storm comes, then you're in trouble. I had an interview yesterday with Lauren Green. She's a longtime Fox News host and has a podcast with Fox. And back in 2020, when we released my previous book, I've seen the interview, which you should read, by the way, if you haven't. 
But I've seen the interview came out in October in uh, January of 2020. We were in New York City, Lisa and I, for the launch, and we were on Lauren Green's show at the Fox News headquarters. It was a really cool experience for me and Lisa. But Lauren and I yesterday talked on the phone, another interview for my new book, Hope is the First Dose, and she asked me a question. She told me a story of a friend of hers who had a major challenge and lost a child and just went crash. Her house came tumbling down, and she turned basically her faith off. She decided that she couldn't believe in a God who would allow these things to happen in her life. And friend, I'm saying that to you to say this. There's going to be some things that come along and challenge you. There's going to be some massive things that occur, and you're going to struggle if your house is built on the circumstances that you thought you knew. If you had a set of beliefs and you thought that you had to have them to be happy, then when you no longer have them, you won't be happy. That's a shifting sand, okay? So I'm saying that all in the context of saying this. If you have an internal structure that's designed to succeed regardless of what happens to you, if you have a system instead of a goal, if, you, if you're Buster Douglas and you're training to fight Mike Tyson and your goal is to beat him, then once that's over and you've finally done that thing, you're not set up internally for continued and perpetual success, then what happens next? You've jumped the fence. You've gotten the title. You've gotten the fame and the, and the money and the fortune and all those things that come along with that. What happens next will determine the rest of your life if you're happy or healthy or whole or not. Let me ask you a question. Can you name the last five Heisman Trophy winners? Can you name the last two Heisman Trophy winners? Can you name the last five or two or one Oscar winners for best picture or best actor or best actress or best sound design? Can you name the last five presidents of France or prime ministers of Great Britain or presidents of the United States. You might not be able to. Most of us think that we're pretty up on our civics, but can you right now without looking it up, can you name the last five presidents of the United States? Can you name the last 10 in order? Why am I asking you that? These are people who have accomplished the number one top thing that they can accomplish. Can you name the last five 100-meter gold medal Olympians for this gold medal for the 100-meter sprint. Can you name them? You probably can't. Why? Because that kind of fame doesn't register with the world for very long, okay? You think it's the number one accomplishment that you could have in your entire life, whatever this thing is that you've set your heart on, that fence that you're going to jump to get there to finally knock out Mike Tyson or whatever. You think that's the biggest thing that could ever happen to you. And it probably will be. It might be. But you still have a life beyond that event. And nobody remembers that fight if you win. What they remember, if you're Tom Brady, they remember the seven Super Bowls, okay? A hundred years from now, people that follow football will remember that Tom Brady was probably the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Why? Because he didn't just win one Super Bowl. He kept winning. He structured his internal life to pursue the goal of being the best at that position that ever lived and ever played. That didn't necessarily translate into him being the best person that ever lived. But in, in that genre, in that place, at that time, he was the best. And he has been over the sustained course of many years. Okay, But let me just tell you this. I don't know Tom Brady from Adam. But I do know this. He's retired from football now. 
So the real question of Tom Brady's life, the story that his life tells, and whether he turns out to have had a fulfilling and good life or not, will be how he's built his internal structure to be a human being after he plays football. Because the guy's not very old. He just retired from the NFL. He's in his early 40s. And Lord willing, he'll have another 40 or 50 years to live. What happens next will be based on his internal structure. Because he's phenomenally wealthy. He won't lack for money unless he's a moron. He should never run out of money. So it won't be about money. Will it be about relationships? Will it be about family? Will it be about faith? What will it look like for him? And how is he structured internally to succeed or fail? And that's the question for you. What are your internal structures? And are you a wise person or a foolish person? Because as I talked with about Lauren Green, when she asked me, how do you keep from losing everything? How do you keep from being one of those crashers that you talk about in your book when something bad happens? And the answer is, as Erwin McManus and I talked about, it's about internal structure. I'm a really good brain surgeon, okay? I can go in and I can remove your brain tumor and many times, most of the time, I can do so with leaving you relatively neurologically okay. But I can't make a new brain for you and I can't make your brain perform better than it did before you had the brain tumor. I can just remove the tumor and its influence and leave your brain to how it was at best, right? Maybe even worse because sometimes surgery creates new issues for people, okay? But the bottom line is this, friend. Look in my eyes. My dad would always say, look in my eyes, look in my eyes, when he wanted to make a point that he wanted me to remember or really listen to. And here's the point. If your internal structure isn't right, if it's not built on something solid, if you haven't built your life on something that can't be taken from you, if it's not tied to circumstances, if it's tied to circumstances, you can't be happy no matter what happens. You can't be healthy no matter what happens. You can't be better no matter what happens because you're still going to be you once you jump that fence. And I just want you to remember here in all in August as we wrap this up, don't give up on yourself because you're a work in progress. And what got you here to this day, listening to this podcast, asking yourself these questions, am I structured for success or am I structured for failure? Am I structured to get better? Am I structured to have circumstances wipe me out? Because these massive things, friend, they're coming. Okay, they're coming and you've got to be ready for them. My my plea to you, friend, is this. Build your life in such a way that when the massive thing happens, you will have a treatment plan in place and you'll be ready to hold on to the things that you know to be true and you won't fall into that pit of despair because you'll be able to move forward according to the treatment plan that you've prepared for yourself because you've learned how to be a good brain surgeon for yourself. Okay, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. There's so much more. The Erwin McManus conversation has so much more depth and meat to it, and I can't wait to share it with you. I want you to read Hope is the First Dose if you haven't read it. It's the treatment plan. It's how you structure yourself internally to prepare for these successes and not let circumstances wipe you out when the massive things happen. Okay? That's what we're all about. We're going to play this song, Yet, from The King Will Come. And it's just this idea, don't give up on me yet, God. I'm trying here. And he's not going to. Lisa and I saw a post on Instagram the other day. And this is something, if you're struggling with a sense of guilt or shame over something you've done or you feel like God's going to give up on you because you've been trying and trying and you just can't quite get it done, and how many times is he going to forgive me? Know this. Jesus went to the cross, okay, and he stretched out his hands and he let them 
beat him and mock him and put a crown of thorns on his head and drive nails into his hands and feet and pierce his side. And all the while, while they were doing that to him, while you and I were doing that to him because he was there because of our sin, all the while, what's the last thing he said? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And if he didn't give up on you that day, he's not going to give up on you this day. If he didn't give up on you when your sins were requiring him to be flogged and nailed to the cross, he is certainly not going to give up on you because it's August 11th and you haven't figured out your internal structure yet. And you're still trying to become healthier and feel better and be happier. And you're still trying to get over that massive thing that happened to you. He's not going to give up on you, friend. He's not about to. And I'm not either. Lisa and I and Tata are praying for you. If you're new around here, we're grateful that you're here. We want you to remember that in order to become healthier and feel better and be happier, there's only one thing you have to do. You can't change your life until you change your mind. We're not giving up on you yet. Don't give up on yourself either. But remember, the most important thing and the best news of all is that you can start today. I still 
Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.